You babes have been asking for a Sunsign episode for a hot minute now. I was sitting on it because I really didn't feel like the world needed another basic ass explanation of what sun signs are. There's a million blog posts, beginner astrology books, and articles online that detail the significations of each sun sign. So I thought about it and I was like, well, how do I want to formulate this? What do I want to add to the conversation of sun signs? So what you're going to get today is my own take on what the sun represents in astrology and how it relates to our sense of ego identity and consciousness. I won't be going through each zodiac sign because, again, you can apply those attributes yourself while you're listening to this. I may do a short episode on the sun in each of the houses and what it means for ego identity and consciousness, but I don't know about that yet. We'll see. We'll see about that one. Just like we've done with all of the other planets and placements, we're going to start out with mythology. And now if you're into mythology, you know that the sun plays a pretty important role in a lot of myths and especially religions. There are a ton of sun deities and just instances where the sun itself plays a crucial role within a myth. The two main Greek gods associated with the sun are Helios and Apollo. Honestly, the official god of the sun, I believe, was Helios, but at some point people were like, yo, this dude's not cool anymore. He got real unpopular. And then Apollo sort of took his place, which knowing the attributes of Apollo, that's super fitting. He just seems like an all around, well loved, popular, kind of cool guy, much like the sun itself. Apollo reigned over everything that his light could touch. The day of the week associated with the sun is none other than Sunday. (laughs) I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. So Sunday is the day associated with the sun. Whenever the sun shows up in mythology, it usually takes a more fatherly presence, and that translates directly to astrology. In some situations, the sun can represent father figures. The sun also has to do with the daytime obviously, the color gold, and it just has this sense of royalty or kingliness. The sun is also worshipped or seen as the main giver of life in not only myths, but also culturally and religiously. There's no denying the sun has a large role, and that extends to astrology as well. I will talk towards the end of the episode why some people don't relate to their sun sign, and just kind of why sun sign astrology is bullshit. I know the sun seems boring. The sun seems so boring in astrology, but hopefully after today's episode, you kind of see why it's so important and why we should really be taking it into consideration. Now that we have a little bit of the mythology, again, I didn't go too deep because it's the sun. We all know it's important, but I do want to talk about the physical properties and characteristics of the sun, you know, bring the science into some things. So the sun is the center of our solar system. It's got this massive gravitational pull that keeps all the planets in their orbits. Without the sun, we could not exist. We need the energy from the sun to sustain life here on Earth. To give like a relative size of the sun to try to grasp how big the sun is, it would take 1.3 million Earths to fill the sun. And I don't think I can really even fathom that. I'm not good with spatial orientation in that way, but it just seems like the sun is a big boy. He's a very big boy. While the sun has a lot of debris, planets, asteroids, and basically other admirers orbiting it, the sun has no moon. And when I think about that, it's one, very sad, and two, very interesting from the astrological perspective. 
I could go on a real long philosophical tangent with that one, but that's not what we're here for today. So I'm just going to leave that for another time. For your own little thought exercise, think about the sun not having any moons and the light of the sun is our moon. I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. I said I wasn't going to get into it. So we'll skip that. But just think about that. Think about the sun not having any moon and our moon being the light of the sun. All of these real life physical properties immediately remind me of Leo. Everything I've just said is very Leo to me. Leo is the sign that everything revolves around, whether people like it or not. I know people have big problems with Leo. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's just because, you know, they are the center of attention. They are fixed fire. They demand attention. We gather around them, just like fixed fire. It doesn't gather around you. If you're at a campfire or if you're around a fireplace, we all organize ourselves around that fire. And that's what fixed fire is. Fireplaces don't move. You move around them. And that's what Leo is. Leo doesn't orbit you. Leo stands still while the world circles accordingly, just like the sun. Now that we have a little bit of mythology and some background on the sun, let's look at the basic significations for what it means astrologically. We'll start with our buzzwords. Ego, authority, autonomy, illumination of the soul, intellect and the mind, and our basic hard wiring. Autonomy is one of my favorite words to describe what the sun indicates in astrology. The definition of autonomy is the right or condition of self-government, which basically that means a person's ability to act on their own based on their own values and beliefs. Our sun sign is our autonomy. It's the basis of how we act. It's the basic hardwiring of our soul. I like to say that our sun sign is the hardware that we're working with, and the rest of our placements are the downloaded software or the apps that are running on the hardware. You could have a Taurus hardware, but you have a lot of Gemini software running, which is why you don't always act like a Taurus or feel like a Taurus. The sun also tends to represent authority in our charts. It can be what we're in authority over or what has authority over us. It's about being in charge or a master of something. The sun shines light. So whatever house it's in, in your natal chart, that house is going to be lit up. It's an area where you have the potential to shine or be energized. And if we go back to autonomy, wherever the sun is will be an area where you desire a lot of freedom and a place where you need to act authentically. So if you have a ninth house sun, you might not fit in well with structured schooling. You'll do well because you're going to be smart, but you might have a lot of ideas that push boundaries and your intellect or spiritual beliefs are going to be a driving force. You're going to excel at these things and you're going to be good at shedding light on ninth house topics. You will likely be recognized for your intellect, ambitions, or philosophical and spiritual beliefs. But at the same time, you're going to want to push boundaries. You're going to want to do it your own way, which can be tough sometimes for the ninth house, especially if you are doing higher level education. You might not like the system that you're in, but you kind of have to go through it, stuff like that. If the moon is a passive and receptive force, then the sun will be an assertive force. It's how we spread light into the world and can also show us how to best express our soul's consciousness. As I said before, the sun illuminates. And when I say that, one of the things I mean is that it illuminates our soul and our sense of intellect. It's not intellect in the way Mercury is intellect. It's not that kind of mind. It's not about your mind. 
It's more so our consciousness. And I'll use myself as a quick example. I'm a Sagittarius sun. This would mean my soul and consciousness are illuminated with the light of Sagittarius. The way I view the conscious world is like that of a Sagittarius. And the core of me, the part that everything stems from, my innermost soul, is made of Sagittarius material. You might not feel close to your sun sign, and that's okay. It's likely because you're a night chart, or the sun has some hard aspects, or it's the only placement you have in that particular sign or element. But at the end of the day, you're still your sun sign at your very core. There may be a lot of mitigating factors that change the expression of your innermost core, but that core does remain. Me having a Sagittarius stellium means that I feel my sun's core energy deeply, even though I'm a night chart. My soul expression begins with Sagittarius light, and then it has both Mercury and Venus in Sagittarius, as well as some other things, but those are the two big ones, and they really further push those qualities. So yeah. I do feel very close to my sun sign regardless of being a night chart. The sun has a very spiritual meaning in our chart, mostly because it's the core of our being. It's the essence of us. It's what's wrapped up beneath the persona of the rising and what holds the unconscious world of our moon. If our rising is our persona and our moon is our unconscious, then what does that leave for the sun? That leaves the ego. Our sun sign is our ego or our consciousness in this world. And I'm going to bring in some Jungian thought to help describe this one. The sun is our ego in the way that it helps us to process everything in the waking world. It literally is our field of consciousness and everything we experience in the waking world is chewed up and spit out via our sun sign. It's the beginning of how we organize our thoughts and our sense of intuition. Notice I said beginning because we have all of our other placements to contend with once we start processing the conscious world, but everything will always first pass through our sun sign. The sun is everything we're aware of. It helps us maintain our sense of identity, which is highly important to a well-balanced psyche. The sun is also sort of the threshold between the conscious and the unconscious world. People who have their sun making harmonic aspects to their moon are likely to be able to flutter between the unconscious and conscious with ease. Which, speaking of aspects, those are going to be super important when understanding your sun sign and how it relates to your ego consciousness and soul. So let's look at an example. Say you have a Scorpio sun in the fifth house and it's square Saturn. The core of this person would be illuminated with the light of Scorpio which that sounds both hot and terrifying at the same time. (laughs) Since the sun is in the fifth house, their Scorpio sun would be shining light on their creativity, hobbies, sex, anything Venusian and pleasure-based. The main two things with the fifth house is always kids and creativity. But I also like to mention that it's overall a pleasure-filled house because it's where Venus has her joy. It's Venus's home. The sun being in this house means this person is going to be creative. They'll feel most lit up when they're exploring the depths of their creativity. And I say depths because we're keeping the lens of Scorpio in mind. The core of them is their creative waters. When they tap into that, they're expressing their soul and sending their light out into the world. Someone with this placement may identify heavily with being an artist or art is tied to the core of their being in some way. Their consciousness can best be seen through their art. And uh, while this sounds all kittens and rainbows, we do have to add in that aspect with Saturn. 
The sun square Saturn is going to make it hard for this person to know who they are. It's going to take a lot of work for them to see their true nature. Even if others can readily see it, the holder of the aspect cannot. Saturn pushes this person to be really strong-willed and very hardworking. Since Saturn is squaring the ego identity, a lack of self-confidence or reserved nature is often indicated. That is until the holder of the placement gains the wisdom of their own innermost soul and learns to love themselves for who they are. Being that this is an example in the fifth house, we might see this soul healing happening through creativity or just learning to enjoy the pleasures that life has to offer. Remember, hard aspects like squares and oppositions are not the enemy. They are not the end of the world and they are not bad. They just make us uncomfortable. We as humans, we like to be comfortable, and when we have these hard aspects in our charts or in synastry, we often look at them and think, oh my god, I'm doomed, and that's not how it works. They push us to grow, and they can be a catalyst to great things should we decide to work on them. You can look at the the dynamic aspects in your chart as literally like, oh, that's something I need to work on. That's a clue. That's an X marks the spot for something for me to work on as a human. I definitely recommend you babes take a look at your sun just like I did here with this example. Keep the zodiac sign in mind and its significations as you're working with it because that's really going to flavor the whole experience. For instance, had this example been a Gemini sun instead of a Scorpio sun, we would see the light of the person's consciousness being lit up by Gemini, which would be a totally different soul template. You know what these characteristics are. You know what a Gemini is. You know what a Cancer is. You know what a Leo is. Just add them in on your own. I know you can do it. I believe in you. You can do this. So just try it. I'll do one more example before we move on as to why sun sign astrology is bullshit. Say you have a Sagittarius sun in the third house and it's in a strong opposition with Mars. The core of this person, who if you haven't guessed, is me, is illuminated with the light of Sagittarius. I process everything around me in a very curious and philosophical way. Being that my son is in the third house, it doubles down on that curiosity factor. When the son is in the third house, the person's soul basically becomes a storehouse of information. I love learning. I love collecting information about people. Communication is what my soul thrives on. Whether I'm the one talking or listening, it doesn't matter. It's all about the exchange between people and the exploration of information. Writing, talking, answering, messages, reading, learning new things, and honing skills are huge for people with the sun in the third house. Again, that sounds great, right? That sounds awesome. Like, wow, you're an investigator. You love to talk and exchange ideas. But you have to remember, I have that dynamic aspect with Mars, and it comes into play in a big way. So for me, it's going to act in one of two ways at any given moment. First, it's going to seem like I have this endless stream of energy. I don't stop. It's like the core of me is always on fire. And second, there's a tendency for me to not listen, to do what I want and be highly opinionated. And again, since this is me we're talking about, I can say that this rings true. This is a real thing. This is how it goes for me. I function on very little sleep. I wake up ready to roll. And the only person I think I've ever actually listened to in my entire life is my Scorpio bestie. And even that's not a guarantee. You know, she tries, she tries her best, but some days I'm like, nope, we're going to go full send anyway. Sorry. (laughs) This aspect with Mars, while the sun opposing Mars can seem scary or bad, it's not. It's all about how you harness it. So if you have the sun opposing Mars like I do, 
I know you're a dynamo and I know you're ready to go, but I also know you're hashtag reckless. So the best advice I can give you is to practice temperance and learn to harness all of your energy, harness the rage, harness the vitality, and do it in a controlled manner and channel it into something great. You know, after doing these two examples, I think I convinced myself to do an episode on the sun through all of the houses because there's a lot more to explore. And as I just said, my son in the third house loves to share and communicate information. So glad we figured that out. Look for that episode in a few weeks. (laughs) All right. Now for the moment you've all been waiting for me to talk shit on sun sign astrology. I mentioned a few reasons already why it's kind of trash and why it's bullshit. But let's recap. You could be a night chart which means you'll likely feel closer to your moon. And this isn't a hard and fast rule, but usually when someone is like, I don't relate to my sun sign, astrology uh, astrology doesn't work. I'm not like this at all. I look at their moon and then their moon's like, hi, I'm here. This is me. I'm the one. Like, pay attention to me. So that's, that's a big one. The first thing I always do when someone's like, I don't relate to my sun sign, I figure out their moon and I'm like, well, this is why. The next is the sun is the only placement you have in that particular sign. And like I said earlier, if you're a Taurus sun, but the rest of your chart is filled with Gemini or Aries, you are not going to act or feel like a Taurus most of the time. Think of your sun sign as the first channel information passes through or the first door that something walks through. And then after that, you have to walk through all these other doors. So for me, the first door stuff walks through is Sagittarius, and then it can go through like two or three more Sagittarius doors, which makes sense as to why I feel like a Sagittarius all the time. But if you're that Taurus, and then it's walking through a Gemini door and an Aries door and a Gemini door and something else, well then yeah, you're not going to feel like you're being true to Taurus qualities, but that doesn't mean you aren't at your core a Taurus. You have Taurus hardware but Gemini Aries software. Another reason sun signs can be bullshit is that the sun is in some sort of hard aspect with other planets, which is causing it to feel subdued. We went over two of them. We did one with Saturn and we did one with Mars. The sun can just feel overcome, especially if Saturn is involved. If Saturn's involved, the sun can feel like there's a weight or a pressure and Saturn's sitting on top of it and it kind of gets overshadowed a bit which is kind of crazy to think about the sun being overshadowed. And that's what would happen to the person's ego identity and consciousness. It would feel subdued and overshadowed and just maybe like they don't know who they are or how to express themselves. The last thing I want to mention for why sun signs can be bullshit is because the overall ruler of your chart, the master of the nativity, can have a lot of weight. If the ruler of your chart is the same ruler as your sun, then the energy is going to feel more familiar. And in my case, the ruler of my chart, Mars, is in opposition with my son, which I find really funny for some reason. It's like I have these two contending forces within me at all times, which, yeah, that can be annoying. But when I get them to flow together, it's really awesome. So basically, sun sign astrology, it can be really accurate depending on how the rest of your chart shakes out. Some people are like, oh my gosh, I am such an Aquarius. I am the most Aquarius sun that has ever Aquarius-ed. And other people are like, I guess I'm a Pisces. Like, I don't know. And it's because they have all these other influences. Sun sign astrology, very cute, very fun, very pop, very, you know, dip your toes in, have a good time. But it's not the be all and end all. And I think if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know that. But the sun is important just because sun sign astrology is bullshit doesn't mean the sun 
is bullshit. We need to be paying attention to the sun. And I hope that this overview has kind of helped you look at your sun placement in a different light. Ooh, what a good pun. Look at your sun placement in a different light. <laughs> I hope that it has helped you to understand it a little better. It's not just your identity, but it's your autonomy. It's the place from which our essence of self stems from and weaves out into the world. Our sun can tell us what lights us up and how we can best exert our life force out into the world. It can also help us step into who we are and be the person we're meant to be. If you're someone who struggles with self-acceptance or feeling like you just don't understand who you are, look to your sun placement. See what's going on with any of the aspects that might be influencing your sense of the conscious world. That can really be a good way to clue you in to your consciousness and your ego and what your ego needs to feel better. The sun is the giver of life. The sun is also our ego. This means we shouldn't be striving for ego death. If there's nothing else that you learn from me, it should be do not kill your ego. Ego death is silly. Do not do it. I don't even know if it's possible. I don't think you can kill your ego. I don't know. But this means that we shouldn't be striving for ego death. To do that, you would literally have to completely annihilate your sense of identity, consciousness, and self. And what we should be striving for is ego expansion, ego temperance, and ego understanding. We need to look at our son's place in our birth chart and ask ourselves, what's the most appropriate way for me to shine my light into the world? And then do that. All right, my babes, that is a quick rundown of what the sun is in our chart and how it relates to ego consciousness and ego identity. And the next episode, we're definitely going to go through the sun in each of the houses because I think that's going to only expand further on this. And I don't know why I didn't want to do it. It's not that I didn't want to. I just wasn't sure. But I've convinced myself. I'm easily convinced sometimes. So look for that in the next couple weeks. And if you want more moon content before the next episode, go find me on Instagram at moonmatters.astro. I will see all you babes later.